lots and lots of spoilers. Cars! We name them, we feed them, we maintain them, and what do they do for us? Well, they get us where we're going, they involve us in dangerous spy missions, and make us look foolish on international TV. That must be why we love them so. And with facts like this, we can totally understand why Pixar, the subject of our current series, The Picks of Pixar, wink, would want to make not one, but three movies about them. Welcome to Max Mike Movies' take on the second in this franchise, Cars 2. Well named, don't you think, Max? Yes, very, very much. Yeah. Well, we've looked at the best, and now we have this. Yes, we're I'm, looking at something else. Yes, I'd never seen it. Max had. But I who have. are we anyway? Well, that over there is the little deuce coupe of the motorway, Max Shifty <laughs> Levine. And I... Hey, you don't know what I got. <laughs> I I am the Make Mine Mach 5 Mike Loose. Before we <laughs> wave that green flag, though, we have a little business to take care of. Vroom, vroom. So, hey, social media, we're on uh, the Facebook. We're, we, we're not on the TikTok. We're probably never going to be on the TikTok. We're, <laughs> no, on we're the totally going to do, do the Max Mike movie dance, and it will sweep the nation. <laughs> Does that Sweep it! <laughs> sweep the leg, Johnny. Uh, yeah. Um, we are on social media, Facebook, and we're on Twitter, both places, Max Mike Movies. We're on the podcast app of your choice. I'm sure you can guess the name of our podcast. If you can't, I don't know how you're here. Uh, <laughs> you can go to our website to get every episode individually priced uh, reasonably at zero dollars. Uh, all 113 previous episodes plus specials and uh, whatever. That is at MaxMikeMovies.com. And hey, you know you want to email us. You know you do. Email us. Give us suggestions. Call us names. Uh, poke fun at our choice of tutu, whatever. Uh, email us at us at maxmikemovies.com. And hey, if you happen to be on one of those little podcast apps, give us a rating. It'd make us feel so warm and pudding-like. Really, this is the entire source of our self-esteem. <laughs> and our income. <laughs> That's right. We are raking in the internet bucks, which we then can spend at Internet Bank buying yeah. internet food. Is that like uh, Max Mike movie coin? Do we have exactly. that? Exactly. Yes, yes. We, we have our own blockhead chain. What's a blockhead chain? That's a blockchain. It's a, oh. something part of cryptocurrency. Isn't that the thing that Superman can't get near? <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's where he's from, silly boy. Oh, oh, he's from crypto. He's from uh, cryptocurrency. Or maybe that was just the money his dog used. I'm not sure. Oh, that's right. Crypto was the dog. Yeah, yeah. And Streaky was the cat, and <laughs> Comet was the horse. And uh, anyway, Be you Beppo you, was the monkey. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, Max, I wonder if it's uh, if it's worth mentioning uh, Rogue Warfare Three. We haven't mentioned that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still that's a true. thing. You know, I, I think it may actually almost exist. Right. So, if you happen to see it near you, remember we told you about it. Yes, which even though we didn't respond to those nice people that. Rogue Warfare 3! It's happening! It is. In a place. See, and we're doing that for free. Yeah. So, Rogue Warfare 3. Right. It's still a thing. Somewhere. That, that's their tagline. It's still a thing. Somewhere. <laughs> Catch it. I tell you what, maybe if we actually find it, maybe we'll actually watch it and talk about it. Maybe we will. Maybe. Well, that'll show them. Marketing works. <laughs> uh, I think it's actually just a taunt to make them listen to our podcast. I think so. <laughs> so, anyway. Mm. Cars 2. Trivia, yes? There is trivia. The show. Oh, a good. total flop 
this $200 million budgeted film only made $562 million for its poor, sad investors. This is a uh, flop? To be fair, this is a bit short of that magic three times budget that they're hoping true, for, true. but I don't really think we need to cry. <laughs> Did you cry? Am I crying? I'm crying right now. I'm not <laughs> crying. You're crying. Hold it back. Three of the voice actors from the first film, Cars, died between the first and this film. I wonder if it's because they didn't want... No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Paul Newman, George Carlin, and Joe Ranft, who played, I believe, uh, Red the Fire Truck. Oh, oh, really? Because Red has like two lines. I forgot that he even had a voice. Yes. <laughs> of the three, only one does not appear at all, and that's Doc Hudson, who was played by Paul Newman. They decided, out of respect for Paul Newman, his character would not even show up on screen. They mention yeah. him. And, yeah, but and they, they look- do, in effect, they integrate his death with the... Uh, yeah. The implication, I don't, of course, I, I don't guess, know exactly how cars die or if they oh, bury we'll them. But <laughs> uh, only one of the three had any lines, and that was, in fact, Red the Fire Truck, and he was voiced by someone else. Pizza Planet, a fake franchise that appeared in the Toy Story <laughs> movies, has its truck established as a trademark by now, and it's in here twice. So look for mm. the Pizza Planet truck in every Pixar movie you watch. I don't know how it makes it into Brave, but we may find out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like ye olde pizza wagon. I, probably. Or, of course, uh, if it's Pizza Planet, I guess it would be Pizza Island or some such. Yeah, Kingdom. Mm. Uh, this is the first Pixar movie that was not nominated for Best Animated Feature Award or any other Academy Award. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. In a bit of foreshadowing, there are car versions of some of the characters of Pixar's next feature, Brave, in posters in a pub in this film. I didn't catch them, so I don't know Mm. how that works either. either. But, yeah, car versions of Brave, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We get another Easter egg. Oh, we get tons of them, uh, but they're, they're whatever. Uh, there's a restaurant in this film called Gas Toes, spelled G-A-S-T-O-W-S, ah, ha, ha! Oh. <laughs> which is a play, har har, on Gusto's, the restaurant from Ratatouille. Oh, boy. Get it? Gas Toes. <laughs> oh, my sides. Um. In a bit of uh, a spoiler here, this is the first Pixar movie to get an actual rotten rating on that side of the spoiled fruit, which I believe means that it gets lower than a 50%. You can correct I me on think that. that. I think that's right. It may be under 45, but I think it's under 50. Yeah, currently it is at 39. Um, <laughs> this is the last movie. John, last movie. Last movie. <laughs> this is the, you'll see why I did this in a second. This is the last movie that John Lasseter has directed uh. so far. Um, we'll probably mention Mr. Lasseter again. but uh, I wish this is true of all movies, but it is the last Cars movie to include the Wilhelm scream. Hollywood, Ugh. please, please, please put this thing to rest. Uh. I'm looking right at you, Star Wars, right at you. <laughs> and if again, as a public safety uh, warning, if you do not know what the Wilhelm scream is, do not look it up. You will be very glad that you didn't. So, Because you will never not hear it. Yeah, this is something that can gladly fade from the consciousness. I hate it. And I'm sure it's like there's this, I don't know, group of old sound men who are like, we have to work it in. Or I don't know, but I really hate it. Um, so please stop doing it. And not much else, really. Did I mention this is a sequel? There. <laughs> there just what? wasn't. Yeah. 
All the trivia was like, hey, did you know this film was shot in this aspect ratio? Wow! Oh, dear. <laughs> Bring the kids. Uh, or the color blue to me. No, no, no. But it's just <laughs> the, Most of it was just not very interesting. So did you uh, have any trivia that you knew of that uh, pertained to this particular film? Well, there are an awful lot of odd voice cameos from people who actual commentators from the racing world, just as there was in the uh, first movie. Uh, what is it? I think Ed Musburger is in it as Ed Mustang Burger. And, <laughs> oh. Uh, is that guy Earl Cantrip? Is Earl Cartrip? Earl Holloman. <laughs> yeah. Then there's a whole bunch of those, which if you don't know the racing world, which I don't, I only knew this because I looked it up, Yeah, it won't mean anything. But uh, no. it's actually kind of cute because you have... The guys doing the commentating on the car races are the guys who actually do commentating on car races. Yeah, as I said, there really wasn't very much interesting trivia. This yeah. Time around, so, I, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, if you have anything uh, else, I'll... Not on, not, well, the only thing I was curious about was, you know, Michael Caine plays Finn McMissile, the James Bond character. Yes, he does. And I at first thought that he was, that he was actually an Aston Martin. But he he isn't. He's part Aston Martin, part BMW, and part a couple of other things. Part Volvo P eighteen hundred, which is actually one of my favorite little sports cars. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's he's an amalgam. Actually, mm-hmm. most of the cars, except for the uh, lemons, because yeah. I'm guessing is that most of the lemons are from car companies that don't exist anymore, uh, are amalgams. So there's an American agent, and he is part Mustang, part uh, Challenger. Ah, okay. So, uh, whatever. And I'm sure that that was for copyright reasons. Although we do get, like, there's an actual Mustang in there, so whatever. Um, you know, like, Finn, uh, Finn McMissile, uh, Speed McQueen, or uh, Steve Lightning, Mc- Lightning McQueen. Whatever. Speed McQueen oh. uh, is, is obviously just a quote-unquote race car, racing car. And the Italian car, whose name I really don't care about, is just a Formula One car. So yeah. the, the, the Italian Formula One car, who is basically John Turturro. You know, mm-hmm. playing, yeah, basically, yeah, it's John Turturro's voice, and he's basically doing like, okay, let's see, I've done a Jewish guy, I've done Native American, up, oh, time to do an Italian. I think he actually is Italian. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he sh- at, at least there's there's no, no, it wasn't him with the, the in uh, Transformers, was it? Yes, it was. Oh, so at least there's no point where he's hanging under the Giant, robots. The, Never the, mind, we'll yeah, just get yeah, on to we'll the plot, shall alone. we? Right. Leave that so, alone. Yeah. plot. Now that that was the only yeah plot. Plot. Lightning McQueen is back. But first, a message from a British spy film going on next door. There's some nefarious deeds going on in an oil drilling field somewhere out in the ocean, and top secret secret agent Finn McMissile is there trying to find out just what it is. Never. Before he can capture that one piece of stunning evidence, he's bullied by. A gremlin and a pacer, plus a bunch of other evil cars. Using all the tricks of Bond and then some, or should I say Bond's car, he manages to escape just in time. Meanwhile, back at Radiator Springs, McQueen is enjoying some downtime with his girlfriend and his best bud, Mater, when an announcement is made that a new organic, non-dead dinosaur-based fuel is going to be showcased in a huge three-part worldwide Grand Prix. Favored to win is an Italian race car who says that he is the fastest in the world. Mater can't take this, so manages to shove his best buddy into the lineup for this amazing new race that is nothing at all like the one in the last movie. But before we get too far, Mater, who is brought along this time because of um, stuff and reasons, is confused by McMissile and his protege for an American secret agent who supposedly has the drop on the evil villain, whose 
nickname we don't know. It's a race not only of skill and speed, but to see if the good guys can prevail before the horrendous scheme of the evil villain, whose name we still don't know, can bear fruit. <laughs> Cause all the cars which are running on this new biofuel to explode during the race so that everyone will mistrust it and go back to good old gasoline, which is what he owns. Oh, and along the way, Mater learned some very important lessons about not being an idiot or that it's other people's problems or something like <laughs> that. Uh, this culminates in explosions, chases, races, and spy stuff, excitement galore, and two pairs of pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lowdown. That's it yeah, for the Okay, that, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, I got to ask, for, first off, just for our listeners, I know the answer, but did you see Cars 1? No. I, I did. I did look at the the plot online. It's like, am I missing anything? I heard it's pretty much Doc Hollywood with wheels. And yeah, that was um, the, dis- the cars was for me the first kind of disappointing Pixar film until this one. That uh, just because every other Pixar film I saw, I was like, wow, this is so original. This is so. This is such a cool take on this. And then Cars came along, and it's like. Why does this feel familiar? Oh, this is the Doc Hollywood movie, that one with Michael J. Fox and my close personal friend, Bernard Hughes. Uh, is that your close personal friend now? Yeah, excuse me. Yes, he was. Bernard Hughes, his son, directed a play at Harvard back when I was, okay, 12. And uh, they, <laughs> the Harvard, they came to uh, my middle school, uh, and uh, they picked me and a few of my friends to be actors in it. And on the, the last night of the show, Bernard Hughes himself showed up and signed my program. So we're friends now, even, th- <laughs> even though he's dead and even though I never spoke to him, saw him or heard of him again. That's just like the fact that Gene Shalit was at our high school graduations. This is the greatest graduation ever! <laughs> well, that's, he's kind of hard to miss with that hair. <laughs> What amazes me is that, like, uh, I never met the older son, but uh, Andrew Shallot, his son, looked absolutely nothing like him. Yeah, the, the older son, Nevin, he, I knew him. He didn't look like him at all, either. Yeah. Oh, the shape of the face was similar, but he didn't, but he did not, he was spared the ridiculous hair. Well, he did do the nose. <laughs> the nose? <laughs> and the hat. He's got a wart. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, Doc Hollywood, basically about a big shot doctor who ends up in a small town and falls in love with it. It's the same story. Yeah. Lightning McQueen's a big shot piston cup racer. Yeah. I don't know what that's supposed to be. There's, I'm sure, some famous racing cup who ends up in a small town, gets stuck there because he, he wrecked, causes he mayhem yeah. and has to work it off, falls in love with the town, falls in love with a cute little jaguar. I think she's a jaguar. Yeah. And... Uh, Ends up loving it and learning the true meaning of friendship and the important things in life and blah. It, it is very unoriginal, and although not nearly as unoriginal as as Cars 2. But I will I say this. Cars 1 is beautiful to look at. It's just wonderful um, ode to the American Southwest and to the old Route 66. Yeah. It looks and, wonderful. And for those who have never been to Disneyland's California Adventure, they actually have Radiator Springs. Like, that's a whole oh. section of the park. And it's oh. actually really good. Like, it's done exactly like it looks. I had not seen a Cars movie before. So when they get to Radiator Springs in this movie, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been there. Oh yeah, I know where that is. Oh, that's where the race track. Oh yeah, it looks exactly the same. And it's actually very, very cool. Um, so I'll give that a point. Sorry, I had a bug. Yeah. With little wings I ate. Um, 
But yeah, I, I don't know if I would say that I would find this plot line as unoriginal or more unoriginal than the first one because it's there's more than one. We have kind of four. <laughs> yeah, it's not so much that the plot is unoriginal. It is every theme and every trope in this movie yeah. is unor- it's colossally unoriginal. Yeah, I mean, from the whole idiot being mistaken for a spy. Do you know how many there were? There was both a French film and two American remakes of the tall blonde man with one red shoe about an ordinary schlub who is mistaken for being a super agent. I mean, hell, I think this happened on Gilligan's Island once. <laughs> Well, there was about that one point where he was super that, agent. That was a, Gilligan, yeah, but, yeah, that was a, like uh, a super agent, secret agent 014. That's right, because he's twice yeah. as smart as 007. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, but this happens so many places. The whole, wow, he's acting so stupid, he must actually be brilliant. A- and the whole, oh, the embarrassing best friend and yeah. the, import- the power of friendship. I mean, this is practically friendship. my little pony. <laughs> <laughs> an animated pot of noodles <laughs> friendship sorry Patton Oswald reference there yeah well, let, let's let's not bash too much okay too soon <laughs> yeah we want okay. to keep we want yeah. to keep our audience such as it is yeah. in suspense <laughs> again you do ha- I do have to say the especially with the opening sequence with Finn McMissile which let's face yeah. it would have been a better movie yeah uh the animation is astounding, especially the yeah. fluid mechanics, the way they make the ocean look. <laughs> mechanics. That's it's really good. Yes, it is it is a huge leap, especially over uh last week's was it last week's? Uh Toy Story No. Toy yeah. Story Two. But it, it's Story a huge two. it's a huge jump over Toy Story One, but it's even an improvement over Toy Toy Story Two. Yeah. But you know, this was twelve years later, so of course right. they they get better every year. Yeah. Um and I have to say, I actually like the character of Finn McMissile in that yeah. I like the way he looks. I mean, I like Michael Cannon just about anything, even like Jaws 3. I don't know. Or was that Brian oh, Brown? I can't remember. No, no, that was, no, he was in Jaws the Revenge. Okay. Which was, I um, think, Jaws 4. Yeah, there was another British actor named Brian Brown. And at one point, they looked almost exactly alike, and I couldn't tell who was who. It's sort of Ooh. the same way that, uh, what's his name? Um uh, the guy who's not Harrison Ford, but if you can't afford Harrison Ford, you get him. Um, uh, he was in Breaking Away. He played Mike. Um, oh, he's got a brother that nobody can stand. I hate when I can't remember names. It's so sorry, stupid. I'm blanking. I'm not sure what you mean, but yeah, I do. Yeah, Finn McMissile looks, and of course, it's Michael Caine. Of course, he sounds great. Yeah, and he because he is. You know, he's played real secret agents. He even parodies that in the Austin Powers movies, as you know, right. Nigel Powers. Yeah, but but so, he's just so damn cool. And we start off, and we okay. We start off with this film. It really is a James Bond film. Like that's yeah. the idea. We're obviously supposed to think of him as James Bond, the echo of the DB five that mm-hmm. he supposedly is. The, all the gadgets that he has in him. Um, I do have certain questions though. So he's on this oil platform, and uh, when they discover him, one of the first things they do is the the other cars, the lemons, as it turns out, all go and man the guns. Um, how do cars pull triggers? Yeah, I was wondering that too. <laughs> it's one thing when the guns are built into the cars. Yeah, and what? there's even a TV camera. How are they operating the TV camera? Um, why are there doors? I 
the, the, we're gonna get, I'm gonna get to the world building, yeah, and I want to do that as a separate section. But let's yeah, let, let's get to that. But yeah. so the opening, we have an interesting thing happen. Uh, so he's doing his his escape, and there's this one particular shot you might remember it, where he's going up a big spiral, yeah. like what like you'd have in a in a, in a uh, parking garage. parking garage. Sure. Um, so I, I want you to fact check this on me. Does he in fact? kill a bunch of other cars yes he does he murders about 20 other cars this movie is and there's a a sequence where that uh, the american agent is being tortured and is eventually blown up this is this is a g-rated movie yeah there is a surprising amount of death in here well it's cartoon yeah, and it's count. cars. And they're cars. But they're be- they, yeah, he's he's killing a lot of people, and the bad guys kill people. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. they say, you almost never hear, in a kid's movie, in a G-rated movie, you never almost never hear the word kill. Right. It's like, eliminate him or get rid of him. Right. They say, kill Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Now, I remember hearing that going, whoa, that's a little harsh. Well, on the other hand, it's a Pixar film, so they're obviously using this opportunity to talk to kids about no they're not no they're really not <laughs> they're just and again, not. The, a, another impressive thing in this movie is the voice acting most I love of it miles axelrod the uh the the allegedly benevolent billionaire who's invented the organic field that's eddie izzard i really wish he'd had like a wig <laughs> <laughs> i wish he had been able to be funny well because he wasn't funny he wasn't supposed to be he was basically no. supposed to be a straight character and that's not what you do when you have Eddie Izzard. No, but and and here's the thing: we're, I'm skipping a little ahead, but you know, we're yeah. not doing this in chronological order. So later on, when we have a voiceover of the villain, whose name we never do find out, um, when he's in his villain mode, to be fair, yeah, he's uh, not even Mister Big or no the <laughs> Big Cheese. He's just I think somebody calls him the boss at one point, but that's it. Yeah. Um, were we not supposed to know it was him when we hear that that weird voice? It's like, yeah, well, it's Eddie we're, we're not supposed to know, which basically even the oh. eight-year-olds in the audience had figured it out in the second scene. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I was like, oh, it's Eddie Izzard. Or, you know, Miles Axe, whatever his name is. It's like, oh, it's him. Uh, oh, wait, are we not? I, I wasn't sure. And I guess we weren't supposed to know. It was like, oh, it's the mysterious villain who sounds like this. You mean, sounds like that guy. No, he sounds totally <laughs> different. Okay. <laughs> Because it, yeah, I don't know. But going back to the death thing, apparently we we see this scene of Finn McMissile blowing up. I don't know. To be fair, he's blowing up a bunch of gremlins and pacers. So yeah. really, who cares? <laughs> oh, um, uh, we're all talking AMC, which is a car yeah. company that is long, long dead. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually loved there was one Bond movie. It was A Man with a Golden Gun where AMC was the official sponsor. So all of the cars in it are <laughs> AMC cars. It's like, well, you better hurry up because that thing's not going to last much longer. Nope. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, they use this to to establish the idea that cars, in fact, do die. So that when we get back to Radiator Springs and we have the poster of uh, Hudson Hawk or whatever his name was. <laughs> Doc, um, Doc, Doc Hudson, the Hudson Hornet. Yeah. So we, we can all feel real sad. Um, yep, because it's yep. very sad. You felt sad, I'm sure. There, Max. I, I was. That, that, I was the Hud, the Hudson Hornet was one of the best characters in the first movie because that's friggin' Paul Newman. Yeah, who is race. also was also a huge race car enthusiast and driver. Great, I believe it was great casting for him, and yeah. he's he's actually a really cool character. Um, but yeah, speaking of the voice acting, um, Owen Wilson. Yes, gotta say about the most boring voice in the entire film. 
Yeah, they take away his, his character in the first movie is mostly annoying. He's, he undergoes a transformation. <laughs> becomes dull. And becomes dull. I'm afraid that's exactly right. This isn't like Woody in Toy Story where he goes from self-centered and, and arrogant to being a, a, a sweet person. He goes from being self-centered and arrogant to being having no personality at all. And I just have to say, just not even from a character standpoint, because I didn't see the first film, and I honestly don't think I missed all that much. Uh, um, really. Well, I, what I mean is I don't think that I, I'm missing any of the subtle... Oh, nothing pre- narrative, no. Yeah. But what a dull performance. There's just nothing interesting about him. I, I could have done that part the way that he, he did it. He is it was, a little more interesting in the first movie, but again, it's because he actually has a character arc. It's also, not much of one, but it, it, he has one, and he changes. In this, he doesn't do anything. And to be fair, I am not casting a vote to make Owen Wilson more obnoxious, because I can't stand Owen Wilson. <laughs> no, but, but clearly, I, the focus here is Mater, voiced by Larry the Cable Guy. Speaking of irritating... <laughs> I mean, so, talk wait, a, hmm? Is he not supposed to be irritating? I couldn't tell you. He is He is a very popular stand-up. He's part of the uh, Blue Collar Comedy Tour, along with Jeff Foxworthy. Right. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. And I've, I've watched some Larry the Cable Guy, and he can be funny. Yeah. He's not he's not my go-to, but he can be funny. All three of those guys can be. Even Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy can be funny. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy can be hilarious. He's, he can, he also, can be not just the you might be a redneck right. bit, but I've heard, I, I had one of his albums, and he can be very funny. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy can be funny. This yeah. character... Is awful. It is, yeah. And I'm gonna. There is. It's not really a trivia thing. I'll come to this a little later. But we we start off. There's this weird thing going on, and it's initially they talk about um, foreign cars in a. It feels like a America versus foreigners kind of thing. It's like, are we really mm. gonna do that? It's like, oh, he's Italian. Blah blah blah. It's like, okay, great. I'm glad we're doing that. But then we leave America so we can do the Americans are allowed and obnoxious tourist things, which is all Mater. Yeah. And like he's ostensibly he's kind of the protagonist of the film. Oh, he's right? very much the protagonist. Oh, I would and, say he's absolutely this the main character. But the, most of the story focuses on him. So we're supposed to fall in love with him cuz he's stupid. <laughs> well, the idea is he's supposed to be just plain folks, but yes, he is the cla- that again, I was saying how unoriginal this is. Yeah. There are so many standard tropes in this. The he's the embarrassing best friend that the big shot has to cart along with him, yeah. and gets embarrassed by him out of Mater's. You know, Mater is the fish out of water, and right. now McQueen is embarrassed by him. He's the classic ugly American. The whole, whole you know, when he's in Japan and he yeah. mistakes wasabi for pistachio ice cream. Yeah, let's put a little uh, tag on. in that because I want to come back to the wasabi. Believe it or not, yeah, really. I. And uh, and God, and we, can there be every country they go to? It is one long string of stereotypes. Yeah, it's like okay, we're in Japan. Oh look, vending machines. Oh look, tiny hotels. Oh look, look anime. Oh look, it, every, my God, sumo wrestling. It's like okay, um, um, come on. What other you know shortcut? What other visual shortcuts do we have that can remind people that we're in Japan? That's a really good point, because the weirdest part about that is that later on, Pixar will basically reach out and not only embrace other cultures, but do entire films that are kind of like love songs to yeah. these cultures. Yeah. And they do them really well. They do. 
So in Disney too, it do. sort of goes back and forth. Um, but so at this I don't point, know, this is very American centric. Very, and I it's. I, I was a little embarrassed to watch this because it's like, I've seen. I mean, Max and I went. We were we were in Britain together in 1985, and there was points where we pretended to be Canadian because <laughs> the other Americans around us were really like that. Yeah. Um, well. There was one kid we just called the Texan because he was from Texas somewhere, and I remember. It was well after bedtime in the youth hostel, and there he was knocking on the window because, of course, they, they lock the place. And he's like, hey, guys, you can let me in, right? And I was like, oh, dear God. It's like, yeah, uh, we're from Canada, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah. We just start I, going, oh, come on in, eh? Oh, beauty, yeah, come on. Eh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because all of Canada, Canada talks like this, yeah? <laughs> Keep um, your voice down, you hoser. Yeah, but I don't... Mm. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's I, very I, much that, and they do it in all the countries. It's the same when they go and they go in Italy. It's like I'm surprised there isn't pasta lining the streets, <laughs> right, and spaghetti trees. <laughs> when, when, yeah, yeah, when they're in France, of course they run into a mime car, and yeah. Uh, well, and then we get gas to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I also like this is the this is one of the four plots. All right, so four plots. We've got Finn McMissile in the spy movie. Yeah, we've got Lightning Lightning McQueen doing his yeah. race thing because that's what yeah. Lightning McQueen does. Yeah, we got we've the got, strain on the friendship between Lightning and Mater. Well, Mater, he's he's the third plot, right? Because yeah. he's I'm a spy, except he doesn't even know it. And then we have this whole wow, wouldn't biofuel be a cool thing? Kind of plot because yeah. and that is such a mixed message. I don't even know what the point. Yeah, of that seriously, was. the whole idea is oh yes, he, this guy's invented organic fuel. You know, it's a renewable resource. It's biofuel, except it doesn't actually work. Except maybe it does. Well, it does. It just you can easily make it blow up. <laughs> yeah, which is true also of you know gasoline. Well, yeah, but here's the other thing too. Um, so he okay. If you haven't seen the film, literally the plot is this biofuel. If you aim a laser beam at a car that's using this it will cause the engine to explode apparently you can have your engine explode and this does not in any way actually kill you you just yeah. get a new one which i don't under but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll the world get to the i the promise world we'll get to the world buildings yeah i yeah um so there's four plots and they're all vying for attention it's like the most obnoxious smart kids in the class with their hand in the air all the time no no pick me talk about me yeah, um, the movie has no focus. Uh, it it brushes over the characters. Every the main characters they focus on is Mater, and he's a stereotype. Yeah. I mean, he is the classic, the ugly American. And uh, we have like four different morals, I guess. So uh, moral number one, I guess, spies are cool, but we knew that, so we didn't. Need to, <laughs> that's <laughs> right? not really a moral, but okay. Uh, number two, biofuel is an idea somebody had. I guess is the moral because might be good, might be bad. We don't know. Explodes, whatever. Uh, moral number three: If you're the best, fastest race car in the world and you're American, you'll win. Because um, yeah. yeah. And moral number four: If you're annoying and stupid, it's not your fault; it's everyone else's. Yeah, that what? is real. That's really kind of a take. Again, this is another classic trope of oh no, you just have to be yourself. That's you know what McQueen has to realize about Mater. It's like he's my friend, so I have to accept him as he is. Except then the idea is, oh, okay, so you don't actually have to adapt or learn other cultures or understand that not everywhere is America and not everywhere has the same customs and the same idea. You just have to 
stubbornly and rigidly do exactly what you would do at home everywhere else. This is not such a great message. Growth is bad. Remember, you heard that here first. Uh, I've never been so confused by a moral since I'm going to go all the way back to 1939's Wizard of Oz. Because every time (laughs) I watch that film, which I enjoy, it's a favorite. It's fun. I totally see why it did as well as it did. Uh, It's iconic. And you get to that end point and there's Dorothy going, basically, I learned that there's nothing better in this world than what's in my backyard and I should never bother looking for anything else. Wait, what? Yeah, there's nothing better than Dust Bowl, Kansas with everything in black and white with my teetotaling uncle and aunt and my dead parents we assume. What could be better than this? Certainly not a beautiful, colorful land full of magic whimsy and and people who want me to to stay and be a princess. Yeah. I I, Have you ever made any sense out of the end of Wizard of Oz? Uh, Again, it's the idea of, to a degree, it's the idea of appreciating what you have and knowing that, you know, uh, uh, you uh, uh, fantasy and the difference between fantasy and reality. But honestly, yeah, the ending is a little problematic nowadays with the idea of really so never leave. Don't go anywhere. Stay right where you are. Don't trust foreigners. <laughs> yeah, don't trust foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Don't trust people with different skin colors. Yeah, you know, I, like green. So when he when when Mc, not Mc, McMissile McQueen, everybody's Irish in this film. Whatever. Um, <laughs> when Speed McQueen, Speed Queen, Speed Queen. When Speed Queen <laughs> uh, takes Mater aside or takes himself aside and was like, "Yeah, I just have to learn that. That's the way he is, and I should appreciate." It's like, no, you should learn that. If you won't want your friend to be hated by other people, maybe you should take a moment and explain things to him. There's a good moral. He doesn't mean he has to change who he is, but he needs to respect other people in their culture. Yeah, you can't just go. You don't just go to another country and expect it to be America. Yeah, that is the classic of the. Mm. the and and there's of course the the great misunderstanding in the middle of it, which again is another trope. Yeah. Uh, uh. And because uh, now who's the dumb spy? Is it Mater? No, it's Finn McMissile. Really, yeah, seriously, he's do- like <laughs> you don't realize that he actually is an idiot who his job is being a tow truck. Yeah, I now that was one thing I do kind of like Mater's thing, and they point this out. He's not completely incompetent. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of auto mechanics. Right. He knows a tremendous because that's what he does. He tows and fixes old cars. Except so he knows all about them. Except at the end of the movie, when he's suddenly smart and has figured out the entire plot. Yes, when he figures <laughs> out the villain plan. Which up until that point, I even like the way he figures out who the villain is by the type of bolts that are used. Right on the bomb. It's like, all right, that's in keeping with what with his expertise. But then there's that ridiculous moment again. Another overused trope where he can suddenly do kung fu you know? yeah because he saw a friend i know of his kung do- fu no you don't <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives inspirational speeches at the end yeah. and i'm like yes i that was one thing i did like he tries to convince the lemons that he tries to talk them out of being bad and they just go nah yeah it's like okay good because that was the worst inspirational speech i ever heard what i found weird is that one of the lemons was a hugo not a yugo as if we didn't know what it was and i was like why are you calling it a hugo because <laughs> you know one of them was a 
What was the German one? He was like a three-wheeled car. Yeah, he was actually a Giannis. Um, and it's a, a it is a it, it's a very small, very small production car. I actually saw this in a YouTube video recently. The weirdest thing about the Giannis is it literally has a door in the front, not on the sides, but in the front and uh. in the back. And the passengers have to face backwards. And it's called <laughs> oh. Giannis after the two-headed god. The two-faced god. Yeah. Oh, all right. Or Janus, depending on how, where you are. Um, but yeah, so that's what he is. Uh, and some of the cars like that are an actual brand. The Gremlin and the and the Pacer oh, yeah. are actual Gremlins and Pacers because you know who cares? Um, no, they're not like they're going to sue. No, but uh, yeah. Um, well, see, you know, one thing you also noticed, and I know it's this movie that was different than the first. This movie is very much a sausage fest. There's one active female pardon? character. Oh. <laughs> uh, Max, I know that's not it's appropriate a with cars. Tailpipe fest. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Wait, no, that doesn't work. The female cars have tailpipes. Really? <laughs> yeah, actually, that brings up a question. Why do cars have men's rooms and women's rooms for bathrooms? We're getting to the world building, I promise. Yeah, right, couple right. things. We, yeah, couple things better, first. So, hey, there was is... a... Yeah, we will, because we are totally going there. Um, but, hey, first, there's a couple of great puns, and I mean great puns. Did you see the one? <sighs> Lassa tire. <laughs> yes, yes, and the clock tower in London, which is Big Bentley. <laughs> but hey, the best, most subtle pun. This was really clever. So there's yeah. this one song montage, right? Yeah. And they play You Might Think by the oh, cars. The oh. cars? But <laughs> wait, it's so clever that it's not even the cars version. It's no. a cover done by Weezer. Sure, because Weezer's a... Huh? Wait, what, what does Weezer have to do with cars? Is there a kind I, of car called a Weezer? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I remember hearing the I, song I start, would... and it's like, I know the song, it's by the car. Oh, I, oh wait, that's not the cars. <laughs> I thought they would at least make a joke about, like, Rick O'Carsick or something. Uh, well, speaking of Carsick, um, yeah. Uh, did we get yeah. a pee joke in here? Yeah, we did. We got a car yep. pee joke. Car we pee. did. Leaking oil. <sighs> and then we get bathroom humor, because we get to see Mater with a bidet. I just, or and they make again making fun of the uh, the high tech Japanese ba uh, toilets. Now to be fair, I don't think that's really so. Like <laughs> I don't think that a lot of people really understand how true that is. Japanese huh. bathrooms are apparently a super technological technicolor wizard dream like wow. they do sing they have <laughs> dials there's buttons and yeah it is a thing but uh, do they have the three seashells uh they might like okay. i've seen some japanese toilets and quite honestly i i would that japan is like the number one place i want to visit i just may not go to the bathroom at all <laughs> Well, um, you'll be fun to travel with. Well, yeah. I, it's like, I don't like the idea of a bidet. I remember when you and I first came across oh, one yeah. in a bed and breakfast. And the best part was all, there was three of us at the time. Our friend Matt was there. Hey, Matt. Yep. Hi, Matt. And all of us went and used, thankfully, the bathroom separately. And all of us yeah. did the same thing. We all came out of the bathroom with this big question that we didn't want to ask anybody because <laughs> we were We didn't short. know what they were back then. And finally, I don't remember which of us broached the subject, but it was basically like, um, do you know what that thing is and we did the usual it's like I, is it a foot wash maybe maybe it's a, a drinking fountain i don't know it's, like, oh, it's too never low it. it's like with the shapes all weird yeah how did we finally find out i think we may have asked because at that thing bidet like she i think that the woman who owned the place she said the word i don't think any of us had never heard of it before and then when we found out how it worked all of us were like no yeah yeah <laughs> you take a fire hose and you do what <laughs> 
Well, if you ever wonder what a bidet does, thankfully Cars 2 will tell you. So, yeah. Um, oh, did you catch... Uh, at, when they're in England, of course, we have to run into the Queen, because, you know, when you're in England, everyone runs into the Queen. Right. Did you catch who her, who was voicing her? Mm-mm. That's Vanessa Redgrave. <laughs> wow. I hope Oscar they gave her- winner Vanessa Redgrave has, I think, three lines in a Cars movie. <laughs> Well, maybe that's the way that they could uh, make sure that there was some sort of Oscar nod for their film. Because we had an Oscar winning actress in it. Uh, I hope they gave her a ton of money because, you know, Vanessa Redgrave. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. hey, you know, I'm thinking we might want to talk about the world building. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to How do one- the Italian cars <laughs> play a tuba? They don't have lips, not real lips. Yeah. Um,. There is so much to cover here. I have a blanket statement that kind of covers everything, but there's lots of specifics that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, this whole world, and this is a weird thing for Pixar, because world building, character design, prop design is one of their mainstays. Like, that's one of the really things. They're really good at it. Yeah. And this entire world appears to have been designed with humans in mind. Yeah. It doesn't look like a world that was built by vehicles, by cars. And, you know, there's also sort of that spin-off subgenre, the Planes movie. Right. And, we and have as we see, all vehicles are sentient. Right. We see trains, planes, automobiles. Hey, that'd be a good name for a movie. <laughs> we see all of them, you know, cranes, all, all of these things are all sentient beings. But there are stairs in places. Yeah. Why would you... There are doors that are clearly human-sized. When they go to Notre Dame, you can see the human-sized doors on the front. Uh, why do things have handles? It's it's just like nothing in the car's world is made... It doesn't look like yeah. a car could use it or no. even make it. Again, why? I understand this is part of the joke. This is for, for I mean, it's a family movie, but it, that part, I think, is aimed at kids. It's like, well, wouldn't it be funny in the, re, in the human world if cars were sentient? Now, if you really want to get disturbed... <laughs> Here it comes. I knew this you was know, coming. You know where this is going. I do. There is a rather surprising amount of, of quote-unquote, research done on this online, and... F- there is there's a pretty serious fan theory. The idea being, the cars world is sort of a post-apocalyptic human world, and the hu- there are actually human beings, but they are inside the cars. They're part of the car. <laughs> that they are they are the interior. That's why you never actually see inside any of the cars. Yeah. And there are some pretty horrific artists' renderings of what this would look like. <laughs> Those I don't recommend you look up because. <laughs> yeah, they don't tend not to be sitting in seats. They tend to be posed no. differently than it's that. pretty disturbing. Yeah, uh, but honestly, that's the only thing that kind of makes that make sense. Well, I saw one too where if you looked inside a car, it actually has guts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, although, which that doesn't make sense because we see under hoods and stuff, and yeah, you know, it doesn't. And obviously, they don't have to you know eat anything. They can just they they use gasoline. Yeah. And you, you could sit there, anybody listening could sit there and go, you know, this is a kid's movie. It's not. Um, you're taking this part too seriously. You're, you're asking too many questions. But here's the problem. This is what happens when you don't have a compelling story 
or particularly compelling characters or characters yeah. that annoy you out of the plot. Right. You, you just start you start nitpicking. You start thinking because you've got you you have to entertain yourself because the movie ain't doing it, right? Mm. And you just look at things and it's like cars are literally built with no way to manipulate anything. And when they do have to do it, occasionally you'll get something that's like, oh, it's a foot pedal or a tire pedal. Okay. How did they make the tire pedal? They don't mm. have hands. Occasionally, you'll get something like the forklift. Okay, it's got a couple of forks, and they flap up and down. Sometimes whatever. it looks like they can use their fenders as appendages. Kind of. But then, like, what about Speed Queen there? His his fenders are built into the... He can't uh, detach his. And what about yeah. the Italian car? One of his big things is like, oh, I'm fenderless. I'm sexy or whatever. And mm. I, I don't understand. It, like, it just visually does not make any sense. Um, and, you know, if you just sit there and look at the way buildings are made. It's like, you know, like you pointed out, why are there stairs? Why are there doors? Why isn't everything a ramp? Um... Why there's one like the 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 female spy whose name I can't remember because she's utterly oh, uninteresting. It's too bad because that was Emily Mortimer who is a really good actress and has an adorable voice. That was again Holly Shiftwell. Yeah, all right, that's which right. was <laughs> you know a, which was a, a play not just on the Bond name but also on uh, from Austin Powers. There was a character Felicity Shagswell. Yeah, or Holly Goodhead. Yeah, okay. yes, yeah. But yeah, again, this was a character, another boring or unoriginal trope. Oh, I'm just a lab, you know, person. I'm not a field agent, but I always wanted to be one. When I take my glasses off, I'm attractive, or whatever. No, that's the, that's the thing. They do point out yeah. from the beginning that she's supposed to be a very attractive car, or whatever the hell model she is supposed to be. <laughs> of course, she ends up the love interest of Mater. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> talk about, you know, boxing way outside his weight. She, you know. I love him because he's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, wow, she's interested in him. Why? And then she, this whole thing with dents, he's proud of his dents, and then she gets a dent, and it's like, oh, I'm not buffing that out. That That's too important to me. It's too, it's worth too much. It's, like, yeah, it, it's damaging the basic structural integrity of the car. You're gonna, It's going to make you fall apart. It's like, well, I broke my leg saving your life, so I'm never going to get it fixed. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> there's, like, there are very weird moral choices in this yeah, film. Yeah, seriously. But there's one, she's, she cheats, so she's got gadgets. And there's yeah. literally one point where I guess the people making this film could not figure out a way a car could operate this piece of machinery. So her little gadget that pops out of her hubcap basically turns into a couple of fingers and operates the thing. And yeah. it's like, um, no. I'm oh, and then up. eventually she can fly. Sure. Well, I mean, Figgy yeah. McMissile does the flying and the boating thing, so I can I can kind of see that. And he can shoot like grappling lines out of every mm. orifice. <laughs> 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 to be fair, Bond never did that. Although, no, he would if, if Q had been able to get him get him on a table long enough. I'm sure he would have been able to <laughs> butt missile away. Yeah. <laughs> so I I really don't get it. Like I don't understand how this world was approved from Pixar. Yeah. Right? I we're mean, we very watched, good at world building. And even Toy Story 1, we had a couple of questions. And you, yeah. to be fair, you were saying Toy Story 1 was original, except, you know, when you brought up the part, it's like, uh, we're not going to talk about uh, the, the Christmas the toy. toy. The, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the toy world, they had at least a, a rule which made sense until they broke it, which was, you know, we can't move when the kids see us. And as far as I remember... They only broke it for Sid. I don't think they ever do it again. And no, in fact, I don't think they do. They decided that this was a good idea. We should keep to it. 
Um, and it becomes a point of conflict, which is fine, you know. But, yeah. And the world, to be fair, in Toy Story is not particularly imaginative. Hey, it's a kid's house. But the way the toys work, the way the toys are designed, the, te- the way they interact with each other. Um, again, we talked about, uh, I really love the way that... Um, the space guy. Oh, Buzz. <laughs> Buzz, thank you. Freaking names. It's always names. Um, I love the way that Buzz without even stopping to think, just MacGyver's his way through things. It's clever. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. There's parts of the movie that are clever. There is exactly. nothing clever in this movie. Nothing. Yeah, the world of Toy Story is integrated, and it's uh, internally consistent. It yeah. makes sense visually. It makes sense from a narrative point of view. Cars, there is this glaring discrepancy, and there's nothing to take your attention away from it. I think there was in the first movie, because quite honestly, they were smarter... Because the whole thing takes place, or almost all of it, it takes place in two locations. A racetrack or out in this middle of, the, of nowhere. Yeah. And the only fun. time I was wondering is at one point in the racetrack, I think I see stairs. I'm going, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Right. But it in this one, because they, they are going out of their way to show you all these different settings, all these different locations, it becomes more and more obvious. And the story, as you say, and the characters are less and less interesting so you spend more time looking around and going, you know, this world part doesn't make sense. Um, I have a, another question that's involved with this uh, for you, Max. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to answer this for me. Uh, how do cars in this film, cars, cars, capital C, cars, how do cars, <laughs> how do cars feel about pollution? <laughs> yeah, that's a point, which also, there's a, another plot hole in there. At one point, someone knocks Mater out with gas. yeah. Cars breathe? Well, to be fair, they, they do have need lungs. Air. They do need air. They have to mix air and gas for them. But they don't have blood chemistry. How do you right. knock them out? I don't know. Um, <laughs> why are their windshields eyeballs? Like, they're just, like, why is it glass? Like, why? Why? I, I, uh, now, I, don't. I have to say that I remember that was a, I remember reading about that. That was actually a very specific choice by the animators. Traditionally, Oh, in animation, it's always the headlights that are right. the eyes of right. cars. <laughs> Traditionally. No, it is. If you watch it's any, a tradition. It is. Look at Speed Buggy. Look at Wonder Bug. Must we? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, <laughs> big race today. Big race today. Um, yeah. zoom. It's usually, but uh, they felt that if you put it in, if they made the uh, windshields the eyes, because that's where you look. That's what you look at at a car. Well, also, they don't have to answer that nasty burning question, what's inside. That also is a good way to cover up the the body horror that lurks within, <laughs> the Cronenbergian world. But... <laughs> this is how Brundlefly eats. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so, really, why do cars have doors? Why? That I don't know. That I really don't get. Why are they shaped the way they are? And we've seen them open the doors. Yeah, the, why? The doors open. They're not, yeah, why? I don't. I, mean, I don't understand. From, uh, yeah. When I was a kid, doors were wings. That's how you flew, right? No, sure. That made sense. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I, the world building is is a giant problem with this film. Um, and again, if it had been the case where we had a really compelling, cool, fun story filled with compelling, cool, fun, non-obnoxious characters, we probably wouldn't have looked as far in as we did. But it's it's literally that... It's the Jenga, right? You start yeah. pulling one little stick, and soon enough, the whole thing just falls apart. Yeah. Or with me, you pull one stick, and the whole thing falls apart. And by the way, 
Why does the Pope, or in this case, the Pope Mobile, <laughs> ride around in a Pope Mobile? He, it's, it's, my God, it's recursive reality. He's a Pope Mobile in a Pope Mobile. Is there another one in him? Who shoots at the car? I don't know. Which uh, also brings up the case. There's a Pope. <laughs> so the cars have a Catholic Church. Apparently, because this. I mean, does this mean that I don't know Jesus Chrysler died for our sins? <laughs> yeah, actually, there was one I, name in here I did like. It did make what? me laugh. Uh, there was a commentator named Mel Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. <laughs> I, I don't. I, yeah, that's my. I, level wasn't of there? Humor. There was one Mel Camino too. Was there? Oh, I missed Mel Camino. Yep. And to be fair, there's just something funny about the name Mel. There just is. But um, yeah, I, I, there's just too many questions. Uh, and thankfully, neither of us has to actually answer those questions. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's just an inconsistency. And it, it again, if it was a better movie, we wouldn't care. Yeah. But it isn't, and we do. And uh, I guess the only question we really have to answer is... Uh, what we we finally thought of this film because we, even though we 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 yeah, dented we this film we it. bashed it uh, we, we may think it works for families and kids we may uh, do you have any other points you'd like to bring up before we we decide that um just I was really I miss George Carlin yeah as Fillmore the uh, the VW bus uh-huh. he was he was a lot he was fun he didn't have a lot to do in the first movie but it was so appropriate wasn't it and Tommy I Chong the fact this time. No, it was I forget the guy's name. He was oh. nobody I'd heard of. Okay. And I like the fact that his front license plate is set up like it's a goatee. <laughs> Cuz we did get I, Cheech Marin. We do get Cheech Marin. We don't get Jennifer Lewis again as uh, as his wife Flo. But <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, and how about that yeah. female protagonist, the girlfriend? She was certainly interesting, right? Oh yeah, she was I keep forgetting from one sentence to the next that she was in there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, yeah, Sally, yeah. who was voiced by Bonnie Hunt, who was, again, a terrific actor and completely wasted in this movie. Either she didn't really want to do it or she wasn't. Av- she was only available for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Maybe it was, like, uh, the, the Jennifer, what's her name, from Back to the Future. It's like, we're going to put you to sleep on this porch and we'll be back to you at the end of movie three because mm. uh, she was busy. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else uh, before nope, we get to the That's about it. So I would like to pause. Roundup, and then Mass Max. What did you think of Cars? Had you seen this before? I had seen it before. I saw it in the theater because I will go and see every Pixar movie when it comes out. I see. Uh, yeah. And uh, what did you think You'll... then? Do you remember what you thought then? Yes, I felt like I'd been punched in the nose. I figured that John Laster reached out through the screen and said, "Hey, you like the stuff I did before?" Pow! <laughs> I um, no, I was very disappointed. Again, what? visually. It's gorgeous. The animation is really good. The the settings look wonderful. It it just all those pesky characters <laughs> who got in the way of a brilliant tale. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, even the cars as cars, they look really good. Yeah, but in honestly, the first movie I thought gave a great feel of speed and power. The way cars move, the way driving, the way race cars move. I thought that was really interesting. And again, there, that one was be- a beautiful look at the Southwest, and it, it, it was a single location, and they just explored the hell out of it. This, I thought, was a complete waste of time. I, I guess it, it, kids would like it because, let's face it, a lot of the humor is kids-level humor. 
and a lot of stuff happens very quickly. <laughs> it, you know, it's it doesn't really slow down to think or <laughs> actually have meaningful conversations or actual plot development at any point. So wait, you're saying as long as it's fast, kids won't notice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just colorful and bright. But I'm betting a lot of kids would look at it and go, I want to see the first one again. Now, I've heard the third one is better. I, have never, I haven't seen it yet. Then, I probably will at some point, but... Uh, better than what? Than the second one. Oh. Yeah, but I think this was... This was the first Pixar movie where I walked out of going, wow, I, this was actually bad. Hmm. What about you? What do you think? Well, I had not seen any Cars film. Yep. I have not seen yep. first, second, third, none. No Cars films. Because when the preview came out for Cars, I was like, i not interested at all. Just don't care. Not... No. Uh, and I have to say that my expectations were met. <laughs> um, uh. It's just... I will say this. From a marketing standpoint, I want a Finn McMissile toy. I think yeah. he's cool. I like the way he looks, to be fair. He is partially based on one of my favorite cars ever, which is not a very well-known car. It's a Volvo P1800. It was the car that um, Simon Templer drew in this, drove in the Saint TV oh, show. Oh, okay. Um, I really like that car, and, and I love the DB5, so it's like, okay, best of both worlds. Uh, <laughs> it's Michael Caine. Michael Caine is one of those British actors that can get away with anything. And I'm looking mm. at you, Jeremy Irons, and Anthony Hopkins, because uh, <laughs> if you have five bucks, apparently either of them will do anything. Oh! I, hey, uh, animated... Sir a- Anthony Hopkins, damn it. And Sir Anthony Hopkins' ass in Beowulf. And no, I've still not got over that. Or Jeremy Irons in the D&D movie. Or, oh, dear. Yeah, so, yeah, dear and dear. Yes, yeah. Um, there's just no... I mean, I, I guess I understand why people like Mater, I guess. Except he's taken too far. Yeah. Um, and the piece of trivia, I held this off to last. The piece of trivia I read, and this was from Larry the Cable Guy himself. Is he when he apparently after he saw the reviews and his take was people don't get it. This is actually a Mater dream movie. This is and it's never really canon. It's still not really canon. But the idea really is the only way this film works is if it's Mater's dream, because it's the only uh, way he would succeed at any of the things he does. That's an interesting point, actually. Huh. The problem is it doesn't really come off that way. No, there's nothing to indicate that. And if it had, I wonder it might actually have worked better, right? Maybe, although I hate those things where at the end, it was all a dream. It's all happening in a dream. I do too, but it might have made for a more cohesive single plot. Um, That being said, I would want to have had, I hate to say this, I would want to have had Mater involved in more of the movie because he's not in the first quarter at all. It's all the spy thing. Um, and when he eventually is part of the spy thing, it's like, okay, well, I get this. Everyone wants to be a spy, and they want to be cool, and blah, 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 blah. But they also want to be obnoxious and stupid. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I I honestly don't know anybody who is a huge fan of this film. I don't think it particularly works. I don't think it was the big Happy Meal toy of the of the season. Um, and it's surprising from the people who, who brought us other things... Um, especially with the the heights that they will reach later on, I'm surprised that, that it is this bad. 39% on oh. Rotten Tomatoes. This was a serious misstep. Yeah. And I, 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 I although like, people I, went to see it, <laughs> it still yeah. made nearly $600 million. I, so. Yeah, but I, I also I wonder if what we were seeing was the cold hand of Disney in this one. 
And, you know, we we didn't talk so much about this, and I, I maybe we'll find out in one of the later films, because Lasseter, at one point, he uh, when, when Disney buys Pixar, he jumps ship and becomes the, the head of Disney. And for a while, Disney films are the ones that get to be more, a little bit more interesting, but uh, mm. that's that's for another another show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this one does not work. No. However, Mike is taking next week's as well. I am. I guess to make up for having to do this one. <laughs> well, also, so I don't get us stuck with all the bad ones. I still don't see what the problem there is, but sure. <laughs> so what are we watching next week? So next week, I definitely want to tilt things in the 180 degrees, because that makes sense. Um, I, I really want to go in the opposite direction. I want to go to a point where Pixar is in that mode where they're embracing other cultures to the point where there are no white people in this film at all. <laughs> None. No white people. Uh, and I love this film. This is well. Work- to be fair, some of them are kind of pale, in a way. <laughs> but no, uh, this is a this is going back to when because in this film, I don't know about you, I didn't cry in this Pixar film, not once, not even didn't even try. I yeah okay, oh, in, picture Doc Hornet, whatever. Oh, in Cars too? No, not at yeah. all. But this is a film. Yeah, I tear up in this one. I really yeah. do. And Those are, are the ones that are good. The good Pixar ones are the make the ones that make me tear up. Yeah, although there's sometimes you're a little smug about it, and up, I'm looking right at you. It's like, uh, yeah, we're going to do it you early. bastards. Uh, but like no. this. Hey, I bet we can make the audience cry in the first ten minutes. <laughs> and you can. And you can, you... Uh. Yeah, but uh, I love this the performances in this film. I love the culture in this film. I know we're giving it away, but whatever. Uh, next week, I would like to take a closer look at Coco. Uh, yes, the, the story of the famous hot drink. No. <laughs> and it's not a story about the kid either, because the film's not named after the kid. It's named after his great-grandmother. But next week, we are yes. going to head south, where there will not be one signal, single, single, single <laughs> uh, racial joke. It'll all be about embracing a culture. So next week, please embrace us with Coco. Embrace us. Clutch us to your bosom. <laughs> This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.